Michael, Michael, do you go by Michael or Mike in your personal life? Uh, Either or? Whatever. Whatever. Well, Mr. Uh, Dean, really should have started with welcoming you. Mr. Dean, you're running for president. Is that, are you actually running technically or are you just laying out a very serious vision? I know you're laying out a very serious vision, but are you actually running or not or no? I mean, that's a good question. You know, I guess uh, true candidacy is really determined by the level of support that a person has. So at this mm -hmm. point, I don't know that we can call myself a true candidate. Uh, you know, the potential is there. But, right. you know, the support of right now know, is not, you're saying, uh, which is weird because this is all your your proposals, which are extremely thorough. I mean, what can I say about your proposals? And obviously I want you to walk me through them, but is it safe to say that they're as forward thinking as you can get? I would, I would, I would agree with that. Right. Um, and, and my point was Michael, that your policies come from, as you say, thousands and thousands of conversations with citizens over the course of your life. So it comes from the people but it's not getting the yeah. support right now. Son of a bitch. Well, the uh, you know, my big stumbling block was jumping on Twitter and uh, thinking that the blue wave would just see the policies and be like, hey, this just makes sense. We need to run with that. Right. Not Why would they playing, not? Why would they not? not playing? Yeah, they're not playing by logic. They're playing. They're playing uh, by Tribal. teams. Yeah. They're playing teams. And that's a big problem. So like right now, you still see people staying that you know despite whatever's going on right now they would still uh vote, vote for biden, for biden mm -hmm. uh rather than let trump win again when really mm -hmm. everybody should not be paying attention to either one of the one percent lap dogs that those two guys are and we should be looking for you know a third party candidate uh, an alternative to the establishment now and, now mike mike so you're calling for radical change, as many people do in the world of politics. You know, not many, but people do from time to time in the world of politics. You're a thought leader. Some are on the progressive side. Some are on the conservative mm -hmm. side. Some can be described as just ra simply radical. Tell us, uh, tell us, you just say, fuck the rules. And I don't mean that um, cavalierly, but you're saying, fuck the restraints of the system. Let's visualize the goal, what we want, and then just do it. Yes, you don't go. You don't go with a project, uh, you know, with those type of reservations. You go with an open mind and figure out what it takes to bridge the gap. So everybody, you know, the famous Malcolm X quote is only a fool would play by the rules that his enemy has laid out for him. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what all those people are doing. And that's exactly why they continue to lose and they will continue to lose. And you can mark my words. I do not care. If they're going to continue to play the establishment game, they're going to continue to lose. As a matter of fact, everybody's going to lose right now. And I don't care how many people get out and protest for, you know, to stop genocide and uh, to, to for a ceasefire or whatever your fight is for UBI or anything else. Nobody's going to get anywhere right now. The one percent have an extremely, you know, meticulous reign over the entire world. The only thing that's going to break that and give us any amount of control to do anything is if we can all collectively unify. And I'm talking about a 70% plus majority. And if anything short of that, you know, is what you're fighting for, then you're not fighting for anything. 
So that's the hump that we all have to get over. And if, if people can't get their minds wrapped around that and set their, you know, their, what their immediate goals are, at least, you know, I'm not saying dismiss their goals. I'm saying put it on the back burner and let's get over this hump together. And after that, we can accomplish anything. Absolutely. You know, if we yeah, work you know, together, there's so we, many. I, I think ahead. there is clearly so much room to agree between MAGA and far left, as I think I would put you on. I think would you be comfortable being called far left? Um, no, I wouldn't be comfortable called being called anything. I'm a about the people. Um, if I was going to be, uh, if I'm a candidate, I'm a unifier. Right. Uh, I, I take no position, and I don't want to say that I'm neutral because uh, I definitely have a firm ground that I stand on. But you know, uh, like I said, my position is that everybody the positions that everybody's taking right now are futile they're not going to get anywhere just like i had uh, right. just... so my point was that um there are so many on both sides of the aisle um what the mainstream would call on the extremes right the mainstream media would describe them on the extremes of each side that feel like the system is working against them the duopoly yeah um, you just hear it more and more you're hearing it more and more and so seems to me like someone could come along and tap into that on both sides yeah, there is a middle ground between all these people, and that's what you know the media and uh, the powers that be use is you know the divide and conquer because it works so well. Um, there was another point I had there, I forgot about it. Um, so, so, so you're about visualizing the end goal. You're looking at the ends and saying, "We'll figure out the means, guys." So, what are the ends? Get, talk to I me mean, about some of your bold policies. Okay, the end, the ends are that like where do we want to be collectively as a people or as a species? And obviously, the answer to that is we all want to be in like some Star Trek like existence or like a space age utopia, right? Hmm. Who who would argue with that? <clears throat> with individual liberties, though. Absolutely. So there's where the kickbacks come from from the MAGA group for the most part. And uh, what I have to say is. They're they're leading into the uh, to the fear, uh, and the fear causes the the division and the conquer. So, hmm. uh, who was it? Roosevelt that said, "We have nothing to fear but fear itself." Hmm. And exactly what he's talking about is, you know, that's how they defeat us: uh, the fear mongering. And anybody that preaches anything, or if I'm having a conversation, and when I say the space age utopia, you know, the uh, the people on the right will be like, "Oh, that's the new world order." You know, we can't have that, blah, blah, blah. I won't be able to own a farm. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean anything. And just if we do have, you know, uh, uh, self-sufficient green cities, you know, that I have proposed in my thing, that doesn't mean that everybody in the world has to live in those. It just means that there is space that's created for people to have, you know, free homes and free food. And uh, the people that want to live there will and the people that want to live otherwise absolutely can these aren't dead set rules that everybody has to follow. What do you say to the person that says, bro, uh, you sound like such a good natured man. And I obviously like what I'm hearing. But what about those who say, hey, man, history, communism, Satanism's connection to communism. I know I'm sounding a little crazy, but no, that's what people say. That's what people and say. That's funny because they'll call me crazy for wanting the space age utopia. But then they'll come off with all these all these things. 
look, nothing under the sun is new. Uh, I'm not trying to quote scripture, but that's what it is. And everybody wants to pretend like corruption just sprouted out of the ground 10 or 20 years ago. No, these people who are, you know, running the world and what it is, it's a global resource theft scam. And that's how they have, you know, they're tapped into the wealth of the world. And that's why they have, you know, an unlimited wealth because, you know, there's just resources to boot on this planet. But if they're the only ones, you know, that have control over it, then, you know, they have all the wealth and they have all the power. They own the media corporations, you know, uh, they're able to stifle our communication and uh, twist everything up into a big, you know, fear uh, campaign. And that's where everybody shuts down is on the fear. So if whatever yeah. conversation, wherever the conversation is at, if it's talking about what to be afraid of, you're wrong. You're mm. already in the trap. So All right. So let's get out of it and tell me. So you want to turn citizens into owners. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that make sense? If you ask anybody just on the fly, but like, hey, who owns this country? Of course, they're going to be like, oh, you know, the, the corporations or whatever. But like, <laughs> right. in, yeah. As it, um, you know, as you as we were taught in grade school, who are the owners of the country? Citizens, right? Mm -hmm. But if you Google the word citizen, all it means is a legally recognized subject. So citizen right. is synonymous with subject. And that's all we are. So if and it's not just about changing the word, it's about changing, you know, the mentality, the outlook, the, the perception of who and what we are. So there's some serious fundamental uh, things that have to change to lay this new foundation to grow a future uh, capable of sustaining countless generations. And that's what my plan uh, will achieve. And that's what it's all about, creating a new foundation for the world that countless generations can grow from. Is it so mineral rights is the central part of that or no? Mineral rights is like the rebar in the in the slab, uh, because mm. that's what gives the control. That's what keeps it, you know, together. And uh, a lot of people want to be like, oh, it's socialism. Uh, but that whole argument is just stupid. I don't even want to go there. People need to get over the you know, that's they're in the fear trap with the, it's socialism. It's not socialism uh, any more than giving all the money away to the ultra wealthy is socialism. Um, so what do you say now? You know what? Fuck it. I don't, I, I kind of wanted to ask you what you would say to the person who is genuinely like, you would just say, Hey bro, just because it failed over there, it doesn't mean it's going to fail here. I guess that's the point. Well, the reason that it did fail over there is because of the, you know, the intervention of these intelligence agencies like MI6 and CIA. Um, they're the one running these these black ops all around the globe to, you know, put tariffs and and all these things on all these countries that are trying to go outside the box or they're not toeing the line of, you know, imperialism or the colonialism. Uh, so those countries are, you know, purposefully sabotaged. And then the media streams, you know, that are owned by the wealthy who are, you know, benefiting from this global resource scam uh, that has gone on for thousands of years. Think about it. Um, they pretty much started in the holy wars and the holy wars were, you know, to capture God's land from the heathens. But what was it about? It was about land and resources. And it has been that way the whole time. So they used religion and fear to get the people up in arms to go, you know, commit genocide and steal land and resources 
uh, and that's what you know uh, yeah. the colonialization was, and that's what it still is. It's not any different. Hey, the whole well, Michael, city, sorry, uh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Finish. Finish I was just thought. saying, um, you know, there's the video that uh, was going around right now, um, uh, where this woman explains that they're trying to build a new shipping canal. Uh, through the steady rock of the geographics that pass right through, you know, the lower part of uh, Palestine or Gaza or Israel, whatever you want to call it. Um, so uh, that's what it's about. It's just about creating a route for them to move their resources around uh, without having to go all the way around Africa and everything. It's still the same exact game that's been playing for thousands of years. And once again, if you're falling into the fear trap, you're enabling all of the, you know, the military industrial complex, the whole uh, global resource theft scam. That's all it is. Gotcha. Cool. Well, not cool, but thank you for yeah. breaking it down. Uh, so before I ask you to explain mineral rights, if you, if you think that's a good place to go to next, I really quickly want to ask you regarding those resources, the MAGA QAnon, even conspiracy theorists. We'll say the global elite, it's actually, you know, these evil bloodline. Kind of curious what your thought on that element is, kind of the spiritual bloodline element. Uh, but but they'll say they want you to think there's not enough resources and they want to depopulate when in reality there are enough resources and we just need That's to be serious. positive. So where what, do you think there are enough resources for, to sustain Absolutely. this population? There's way more than enough resources. Just like the last conversation that we had uh, where you asked me uh, the but it was kind of towards the end. No, you asked me if you if we need fossil fuels. Mm. We absolutely, we never needed fossil fuels. As a matter of fact, there's technology available and has been for us to create zero point energy, uh, you know, and just free humanity completely, but that's not profitable for the people that are in charge. So, you know, if anybody, you know, I'm sure everybody wants to argue about it and they should want to argue about it because they've been conditioned to believe that we are dependent on fossil fuels and that fossil fuels are really hard to get to. So we have to give the power to big oil and all them so that because they're the only ones that can go get it. Don't you see how that's all yeah. like a fear mongering trap? Mm. And that's all it is. It's it's bullshit. Then they want to act like there was not a type one civilization on this planet before our little crummy society that we've built here. Where everybody has to die so that twelve people can be trillionaires. It's it's just absolutely ignorant. Um, but then every day we discover new pyramids, and they were like, "No, that wasn't there." Oh, but we didn't know because there wasn't evidence, so there's no way that it could be. And then we find evidence of it, and they're like, "Okay, well," and then they try to downplay it. So the whole historical and archaeological societies, as well as you know, big academia. Um, they're controlled. They're controlled by finance, and and if the finance can't control them, then they control them with the insurance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, you know. So, do you think this elite um, structure that's controlling everything is it simply just kind of financial greed, kind of understandable in a, in a dark ways, or or do you think there is something sinister spiritually there, like kind of the QAnon conspiracy there suspect? I don't. I don't really know and I don't have enough intel to make a declaration like that, you know, publicly. But what I would say is that if you look at the bigger picture, how we're absolutely, you know, running the planet into the ground and even our societies are failing. Um, mm -hmm. 
it really seems like the end goal is to just turn Earth into what Mars is right now, because that's the direction that we're heading. And I don't know where all these ultra wealthy people think they're going to spend their money after they allow the globe to be destroyed or whatever. And I'm not saying that it will. I don't want to jump onto the uh, right the fear loop um, because I don't really think that. I think that there's resilience in the planet and in the people. And if you know we can make these fundamental changes and create that new foundation, then you know no, nothing is uh, is a dual is uh, is impossible. We can absolutely fix everything that's mm. that's wrong right now, and I don't think that in the next ten years the world is going to end uh, or anything like that, or in my lifetime at all. Uh, but we do still need to make these changes and create that foundation because the one that we have right now is it's just horrible. It doesn't work for humanity as a whole. It only works for those with with the wealth and power. Mm. So back so to the foundation of this new vision of this bold, extremely bold vision that you have. Let's go back to the rebar. Can you walk me through this mineral rights concept? I know you did briefly last time, but can you do it one more time? So, you know, and I'm approaching this from an angle that everybody can kind of get on board and ease into it. I'm not saying just overnight we're going to change it all and, you know, all the, the socialist fear mongers are going to, you know, lose their shit and their hair is going to fall out and they're going to be protesting in the street and take up arms about it. Um, so basically we're going to start where everybody knows that we're getting screwed over as this uh, new age is, is coming into play, which is the technology, uh, technological age and uh, internet and data. So I wanted to start with data rights. We're going to establish data rights uh, so that people have absolute control over, you know, over their data and their devices. So, and then we use that as a model. People can see that, hey, you know, that's a, that's actually a viable resource and we are being taken for it. And when we see it kick back in our favor, uh, where we'd establish, you know, avenues where people can make an additional income off of doing things like, uh, you know, ad review or reviews and, you know, surveys and all these other different things that they get you to do online right now. Uh, people will actually be making an income off of that. So, and anytime they take data, we put in a, a metering system or program that tracks all data collection and uh, taxes it. So that becomes a revenue for the people. And then all that money that, you know, they're making a ton of money off of it right now, we should be getting, you know, some form of kickback and being able to use that for our social services you know, to take care of our veterans and our elderly and, uh, you know, people with chronic disease and everything like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we'd use those, we'd use that basically as an example and as a model to begin uh, doing the same thing with all resources. So, and I'm not talking about things collected on an individual basis. I'm, think, I'm talking about things that are collected on a commercial basis where, you know, big oil is allowed to go out and tap into an oil reservoir and let's say that they did buy 200,000 acres of land and they're like, Oh, it's theirs because it's another 200,000 acres of land. Yeah. But you don't know that there's an ocean of, uh, or, or a sea of oil underneath their land that actually goes under all the other adjacent lands. So everybody who owns property next to them actually is having the oil taken right out from under them. So it's not even a just argument. It, it doesn't make any sense. Not to mention that they go out into the, 
you know, and offshore and do their deep sea drilling and take all that oil. Well, that's still, you know, U.S. territory or the territory of whatever nations that they're in. And that should absolutely there should be a kickback for the citizens or owners, as I would like us to be, uh, you know, re uh, reaffirmed as. Um, so and then it would just go from there. You know, we'll do the data, then we'll do the oil, then we'll, you know, go through all the resources. So that, you know, these corporations can't come in and just knock off the top of a mountain and get all of that for free uh, and, you know, make just insane amounts of wealth off of it because they're literally tapped into a bottomless pit of wealth as, while they're allowed to do that. And let me make another example. It was like in the early 1900s, J.P. Morgan bought uh, the steel refineries in the United States. So now they collect subsidies from our taxes, so we're paying them to go uh, into these places and mine out all the ore. And then all the ore has to go through those refineries. So once it's channeled, you know, bottlenecked through those refineries, JP Morgan is making money off of every bit of steel that comes out of the United States. And what do we use steel for? Rebar. So every time you see a highway or concrete or a building going up, that's more money for JP Morgan. Every time there's a bomb that's dropped, every time there's a tank that's created, every time there's a, a tractor that's made to go to those uh, to those mines and dig up that ore, it's all just a huge, lucrative, like I said, bottomless pit of wealth for uh, J.P. Morgan and and other you know entities that operate in the same fashion. So they've spread that model out across the globe and all these mega corporations, that's exactly what they're doing. And uh, they're not only getting the ore for free, they're also getting tax subsidies to pay for their operations. Then and uh, then they sell it back, back to us, you know, and what's the highest markup on steel? It would definitely be for military, uh, you know, for military applications, tanks and bombs and things. That's the highest markup you could put on something made out of steel right. you know, the steel rebar where they're building highways is not that much but they're still making money off of it so the war is just the sprinkles on the top the war is once again the 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 single best way to put the highest markup on the resources that they are stealing from the world that's what a fucking tragedy and everybody and all the stupid shit, all the headlines that everybody's following, or know this, and all the fear mongering. I'd rather Trump than or Biden than Trump, or Trump than Biden, and all that. They're those are the those are the enablers. Anybody that talks like that, anybody that jumps into the fear trap, they are only enabling they're enablers that. because, yeah. well, you probably they many of them. Compare, you probably have to qualify that. Because, sorry, they allow themselves to be divided and conquered with right. the fear. Because that's because what it boils down to is what I just explained. And that's what it's all about. So all of the other shit is that finely intricate, you know, with a net to catch all the fishes in, you know, divide them and conquer them. And then they just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, so we, I hear you. So your your basic idea is, hey, there are certain categories of resources in society, in the world that are controlled um by very select few and and just this the whole concept is hey this is such a massive operation it, it ain't right it cannot 
fly. It's, it's all of them. So we can't just talk about the steel. It's the cotton. So if they order military uniforms, you know what I mean? It's, you know, the that's the highest markup they can put on the cotton. You know, the plastics, uh, which is just a byproduct of oil. Uh, the oil to run all those tractors and all those machines to, you know, create all the energy to 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 smelt all that stuff and produce all those products you know is this everything. an indictment of capitalism um it's an indictment of the monopoly on capitalism we can be capitalist if we want to but not on if if there's a monopoly on the capitalism then it doesn't matter it's still just all going to the same one percent and that's it uh, we don't have to argue about capitalism or socialism. Once again, those are all just trap words. They don't mean any fucking thing at the end of the day. Well, I think, I think, I think, how about this? They do mean something, but they don't when the system is as rigged as it is. Fair? No. Or no. They no. only mean something as a fear trap to keep the system rigged as it is. And if it wasn't rigged as it is, Things would be fair and just, and there would be, you know, uh, the wealth would be, uh, you know, spread out More in a fashion that yeah. everybody would have what they need. So we wouldn't even be having these arguments. Society would just be working. There would be peace and prosperity for all people. And if we're in this where everybody's prospering and, you know, nobody's trying to break into anybody's house because they don't need to steal food when they have everything that they need. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So crime rates will go down and, you know, if peace is the byproduct of prosperity, you know, if we create mm. the prosperity for everybody and the peace mm. ensues, then there's nothing left to argue about. There's yeah. no more. There's nothing to be afraid of. So then the whole fear trap is just it's gone. Yeah, no, it's strong, strong argument. Um, and everyone wants the prosperity. Great point. And so, of course, the differences in opinion are how to get there. And you're saying all the arguments between the left and the right are just futile and in service to the trap. Yeah, that's all they're doing is stepping into the trap. They're willingly jumping in the trap. It's like people who get who are because there's extremists on every side. And that's another thing that people need to recognize because that's how they demonize entire groups. They start throwing blanket statements. But then if you come at somebody and make a black statement, they're like, no, you're generalizing. Don't generalize this. I'm like, well, you're generalizing by saying that, you know, all Palestinians or all of the Hamas army are terrorists because you know maybe a dozen of them did do some some fucked up shit but you see that on every side and even the you know even the United States military we have soldiers that go and do you know commit war crimes and we punish them you know uh where you know where where it's applicable but that's the whole bit there are extremists on every side um, so the generalizing thing should should stop uh, when they're talking about any group of people, and it doesn't matter what who what the group is. <clears throat> so you've said that if you happen to get elected president, you're going to not take the title as president, right? You're going to call yourself an interim commander in chief. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. That's what it is. Sure. And the the whole presidential term is this glorification where people are looking for a, a Jesus Christ superstar. And I would I would absolutely do everything in my, you know, intellect to break those uh, those stigmas and and everything else. And that was a, a big part of me running, you know, because I'm a I'm a, a handyman or a, a carpenter. Uh, 
And we always say that, you know, anybody can be the president of the United States. But really, really, can anybody be the president of the United States? So if I was uh, successfully able to, you know, uh, to make it to Washington, you know, I would be breaking all of those stigmas. And that is a huge part of reestablishing that foundation. And uh, what was it? Oh, I had made a comment about not being above reproach. Uh, because people were saying, you know, Obama is so great and he's absolutely above reproach. I was mm. like, being above reproach is not being some flawless person. Being above reproach is being able to own your flaws, you know, and, you know, either rationalize and come to terms with it and make the, uh, <clears throat> you know, make the reparations for whatever, whatever happened or, or whatever you can do or to, you know, to be, to rise above it, you understand? And that's what uh, the definition of above reproach should be. It shouldn't be that somebody was just perfectly flawless the whole time and nobody can say anything to them. Because where mm -hmm. does that leave the rest of humanity? Where does that leave anybody who is flawed? It's like, okay, well, you already made a mistake, so you're out. You know what I mean? Yes. And that shouldn't be what we're trying to do. We should leave, we should leave a door open for everybody. And that's what I would, be trying to do that would be my my most main focus as uh, you know becoming the interim commander in chief it wouldn't be about this idealism that we should not have in politics looking towards uh, a leader Savior. we should be yeah. looking towards yeah. each other you're saying yes absolutely and as as the interim commander in chief i wouldn't be the commander in chief of the people you know the commander of the uh or the general of the military is not in charge of the people. He's in charge of the troops. So right. the president should be the commander of Congress and Senate, the, the elected officials and the people should be the true leaders of the nation. And they should be. Uh, so the president should be a servant to the people and recognized as that, uh, not as this one person who can, you know, be the, you know, humanity savior or whatever. It's not about that. Yeah, I'm wondering. So, you know, I I don't mean to bring another fear trap up, but That's separation of separation of powers, right? Just to, yeah. the whole the whole concept. Do you have any much respect for the founders of America? Did you, what did you think about what they did? It's like, um, you know, they established uh, freedom and justice for all while we had slavery so was it freedom and justice for all it's like they they were making moves off of you know good ideas but were they properly implemented or was it you know a truly justice for all um you know a lot of things what was were, the ultimate motive right the a lot you know even back then only landowners could vote you know and also at that time women couldn't own land so it was absolutely no, I'm kidding. It, it was absolutely still catered to a specific group. And it was not about the majority or all of humanity or once again, freedom and uh, justice for all. It was catered to a specific group. And I'm not saying that that was their ambition. Uh, maybe, you know, they were setting the baby steps in place so that we could be where we are today to complete that goal. Yeah. And that's actually what I I'm talking about is yes. that our and we call them the framers and we should look at them as that they were the framers. It's like they built. And now we're ready for drywall. No, no, stop. 
sorry, I didn't mean to stop like that. I mean, yeah, yeah, go. I just slow down uh, or back up a little bit. We're still talking about the foundation. We can't build anything on top of this yet. So if you're mm. going to pour a slab for a foundation, you have to put a frame around it so that that foundation takes the shape that you want it to. So that's what yep. they did. Oh, okay. They so you're the saying they framed the foundation. the foundation. They set the forms. Yeah. Yes, they the form set, setters. They're not framers. They the form for the foundation. We're the ones that have to install the rebar and finish the foundation. So the job and then the framing finished. comes after the slab is poured. Yes, we can build on top of that new foundation, but the foundation has not been finished yet, and that is our job. That is the task at hand right now, Michael. That's a good narrative. That's what's going on right now. And that's why people need to back up and, you know, and look at the bigger picture. Stop falling in the fear traps, you know, stop uh, jumping. Because, on yes, that's a great way to tell that story, Michael, because you could say, hey, guys, the fear traps are having you say the house is going to burn down. The house is on fire when the real story is we don't have a fucking house. Yeah, we don't have a fucking house. That's exactly right. We don't even have the foundation. We have a frame for a foundation. We have the forms set. Yes. Right. So what they what did, informs, they right. were making steps in a particular direction. You know, we they weren't able. Just like I can't jump out and say, "Hey, establish mineral rights for every resource on the planet today," because that's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I said I had to baby step it in that way. Everybody could be comfortable with it. We have to do the data rights. Then we can do, you know, uh, mineral rights for one resource or for two or three, and then slowly work all the rest of them in there. Uh, so I'm doing essentially the same thing that they did. You know, we have to baby step humanity into it. Otherwise, there's gonna people are gonna fly off and, like I said, take up arms and think that they're fighting a new world order. And on the whole new world order uh, thing, yeah, listen, there is going to be a new world order. the 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 deal is. Whose order is it going to be? Is it going to mm. be the order of the people or is it going to be the order of the 1% and the people that are already in control? Because that's the direction we're headed right now is for a select few to that it will be their their new world order. But we want it to be our new world order. But either way, there needs to be a new order because what's happening right now is not working. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And a lot of people feel that new world order tension and they are they are very afraid and i think you would agree with most of those people that it is between the elites and the people yeah yeah so there is something well i guess you would say hey guys it's been this way for a long time and we and it's it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse Yes, it continues to go in their direction. And everybody will agree that we can lose rights, but once we lose them, we don't get them back, right? Because that's everything going in their direction. But then do the wealthy get prosecuted the way that the average people do? No, they do not. So they live in a different world than we live in. And it shouldn't be like that. So equality would be that everybody lives in the same world. And it's not some woke campaign of uh you know equal equal outcome mandates yeah it's 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 just a serious restructuring towards fairness yeah Yeah. it's just leveling the playing field hey randomly i know we're at i know we're getting close to the clock here what do you think about guns and gun ownership and that kind of gun rights i i i I mean i don't want to get too deep into it but yeah it's just kind of give me a flavor on it it's another fear trap. Um, if we do 
you know, if we just outlawed or banned every gun tomorrow, but the society is still rampant with hate, it would only be a matter of time before people start showing up with bombs or just running cars through buildings right. and killing even more people. And it might even be a student who drives his mom's SUV through a building right. and, you know, how many how many students are going to die then? You're going to get. Right. I guess. I in- guess. I guess your your reaction is probably, hey, un- until you fix these this underlying structural problem that we've just spent forty minutes talking about, you're going to have horrible shit happen. Yeah, if we don't get rid of the hate, so once again, peace will be a, a byproduct of prosperity for all. Mm. So if we want, if you want peace, we need to work on prosperity for all and outlawing guns or creating more laws that oppress the citizenry is not going to fix it. It's only going to, it's actually mm-hmm. only going to make it worse because it's just going to, it's, it's just a band-aid thing. approach and not a particularly effective band-aid. Yes. It's treating the symptoms and absolutely it, it, it feeds it. it, it right. Just it feeds the fear. Yeah. The, it enables the, the status quo. Uh, even more because it just creates more hatred in division. Right. So in hindsight, a really a silly question for me to have asked. Yeah, I get it. No, yeah, it doesn't matter. But you need to ask them because that's where everybody is right now. And yeah. and all these questions that everybody and all the fear traps, they are silly when you break it down like I just broke it down. And right. that's why uh, we need to have these conversations and we need to run through them and we need to address them logically. That way everybody can be like, damn, that is right. Uh, we do need to just drop this stupid argument and get, you know, uh, all get on point together thanks for coming back in one of these days i'm gonna buy zoom pro yeah me too (laughs) um so i'm going to encourage my little twitter audience and anyone who listens to host you i think you'd be a great guest anywhere so tell me leave me on a positive note don't let me trap us in fear tell me what we have to look forward to in this space age vision that you have right yeah, so um, basically we would, be, um, you know, because like I was saying about academia and everything having, you know, being under the uh, the grip of the global monopoly, um, you know, we can break that. And we have technologies at our disposal and we have for over 100 years. So the vision that I'm projecting, um, we were absolutely capable of it, at least since the 1950s. We could actually be there right now. And where we're talking about, um, I'm talking about using hemp to create uh, uh, fibrous resins that are stronger than that are 10 times stronger than steel. Hemp. I just want to make sure the audience heard you hemp the plant. Hemp. Yes. Yep. Industrial hemp it has nothing to do with marijuana or THC or getting high or anything like that. It's an industrial product that can be used to make anything. And it always has been, as a matter of fact, the, our founding fathers had hemp plantations. So um, this is nothing new. It's just been demonized, uh, you know, by the wealthy uh, so that they could, you know, basically demonize this crop of abundance that way they could bottleneck other resources uh to create you know uh the profit streams for themselves mm-hmm. so anyway using that and all of and all these other technologies that are out there but they're just not at our disposal we can absolutely create a society of abundance that could easily sustain you know 10 billion people on this planet and even more off planet and uh, you know, we could create these uh, super efficient space age cities, uh, including, you know, um, uh, another uh, a big thing about that is that I wanted to get, uh, you know, subterranean portions of our cities um, so that we could create a, a national fire escape plan for all citizens and not just the ultra wealthy and uh, as well as, you know, off planet establishments and things like that. 
I was saying that Elon Musk could be making if he would use these composites to create uh, to for a lot of the internal workings and portions of his ship, he would reduce the weight of his ships dramatically and he could create featherweight starships and either increase his cargo capacity uh, through that measure and or reduce the amount of fuel that it takes to get these things off the ground. And then we could uh, really just, you know, fast forward the space game and we could already have, you know, hotels, uh, multiple hotels and things out there. But even at the rate we're moving, we could, you know, expedite all of that by doing this. So we could literally create, if you go on, you know, if you watch a Star Trek movie and see the shots that they give of Earth with, uh, you know, these crazy shaped buildings and all those things, like we could be doing all of that right now and we can be getting it done in the next 10 to 15 years by implementing a plan, either the plan that I have laid out or a plan that's very similar to it. So um, we could turn this thing around in a heartbeat and just do practically anything we can imagine and uh, it would be phenomenal. And it I just think that that, it, go ahead. It just requires the will. Yeah, the collective it just requires will. breaking the monopoly over our lives. That's all we have to do. And that's like I said in the beginning, if you're not on the point of unifying to break the monopoly, you're not doing anything. All your efforts are going to be you know, thwarted. It's going to be futile. You're not going to get anywhere. Um, but this is the future that we should all be striving to create for our children and their children and so on. Um uh, because why not? We're capable of it. I mean, what are we? What are we really doing? <clears throat> no, I love it. I mean, you're a thought leader. I started this podcast wanting to speak to thought leaders, and uh, you've laid it out very clearly. Um, you're telling people, guys, you know, respectfully, and don't take this the wrong way, but you're part of the problem if you're not focused on breaking the duopoly. Yeah, well, I'll at least say they're enablers of the problem. They're enabling the problem, which, I mean, it does make them a part of the problem, but I'm not trying to, you know, point fingers and make people feel bad or like they need to be hard on themselves. We all have made mistakes. We're all dumb. We're all taught to be dumb. Uh, nobody's going to give you the education that it takes to overthrow them. And uh, if your education inhibits your imagination that's called an indoctrination not an education so that's where everybody is we've technically all been indoctrinated to be you know slaves in this global resource theft game and it doesn't have to be like this we can all be free thinkers and be in a world of you know uh, infinite uh, possibilities uh, if we just you know unify and, and let that happen um it's basically just moving at the pinnacle of our capabilities because we're absolutely capable of doing so. And right now we're, we're not, we're, we're mm. hindered. So. Wow. The message is clear. It's powerful. Thank you so much, man. Wow. That's crazy. You're very, very well. It's amazing. Yeah. And you asked me um, what, for the people that do agree with it, like, what would I say to them? I would say to them to stop jumping on the, stop retweeting headlines, stop giving the fuel to the fire that they need to keep us divided and conquered. Just drop it all. Get on a message. If it's right. not my message, then get on a message that's similar to mine or right. just find the logic in it and make your own message that is on, you know, that's in this part of the park. Uh, that we can actually make progress and move forward. Yeah, purpose-driven message, not just, oh, like, what's going on? What's going on? Yes, and then also, you know, feel free to share my campaign, not just on social media, but with your friends, families, coworkers. Really get this conversation started because that's what needs to happen. We need to get this conversation, you know, 
at the national and global level so that we can make the changes. And it, uh, and it doesn't have to be me. I'm not trying to be everybody's savior. Like I said, I came to these conclusions by being a, a, a remodeler and a handyman and working in thousands of people's homes and just listening to them for decades. The last mm. 20 years, I've listened to everything that everybody has to say. And it seems that, you know, this is where everybody's the same and everybody knows that everybody wants the same things. They just want to be yeah. happy and peaceful with their families and have everything that they need. So we can absolutely do that. And right. uh, this is a feasible path to accomplish that. Mm. Powerful. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome, sir. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Until next time. Be well. Thank you. Thank you.